Are you looking for the perfect gift for you or a friend that loves dogs and fitness? Dogs and Deadlifts has you covered with merchandise and giftware including t-shirts, hoodies, cushion covers, mugs, plus much more. Head over to teespring.com forward slash dogs and deadlifts. That's T double E spring.com forward slash dogs and deadlifts. Or check out the link in the podcast notes. Welcome to the Dogs and Deadlifts Building Better Dogs and People podcast. Join your host, Daniel Rose, as we discuss everything canine and human strength and conditioning. We talk to experts, hear from people in the know, and just talk the latest on strength and conditioning for both people and their pups. We are about building better dogs and people. Good morning and welcome back to the Dogs and Deadlifts podcast. So today we have all the way from Scotland, Lindsay Johnson from CanyFit. Good morning. Well, good morning here. Good evening to you. Thanks. Hi. Good evening. <laughs> Look, uh, I thank you very much for uh, taking the time. I know that, uh, um, you know, we, uh, I suppose the world's in a bit of chaos at the moment. So we have had a, a moment to, uh, to jump on and uh, have a chat. We have lots of time at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> um it's funny the uh, one of the cities close to me went into a three-day lockdown just um just over the weekend um yeah so they just uh, they trialed brisbane trialed a three-day lockdown lucky for lucky for me we we're out of the uh, out, outside of the zone but um they're uh, they're still waiting to until today to announce whether they're going to go uh you know back to normal or not but there was a uh, i think there was a number of cases um they're saying the uh, the lethal more to um you know um morphed uk strand has has come to australia so uh they're a little bit cons- concerned about that right okay so we'll see it was it's been branded the south african strain that came to the uk so we don't know who, who <laughs> someone's um, bloody done it <laughs> we, we're in a proper lockdown so we are uh, back into like a full lockdown is what we were Mm-hmm. in March at the start of the pandemic so it's um you were just sitting tight and the more the, le- the less that we can do the better because mm-hmm. hopefully if we can all sort of do that and not be t- uh, together as much and then mm-hmm. we can do it a little bit quicker but who knows yeah yeah for sure finger you know we'll, we'll we'll cross our fingers our legs and our toes that we're you know this thing uh you know calms down and we can go back to a little bit of yeah. normal life uh you know probably yeah at some point but so let's for uh, you know jump straight into it enough about the coronavirus um <laughs> um can you please you know um tell us a little bit about yourself um you know obviously yep. i i i do but um let's for the listeners there can you give us a little bit of introduction about just uh, yourself and also uh, the puppies and the dogs that you, you've got at the moment okay yeah so i'm uh, lindsay lindsay johnson i am the owner of canny fit uh, founded the company and developed it myself back in 2011. We're in our 10th year now. 
-hmm. I've been involved in sled dog sports for perhaps around about maybe 14 or 15 years. Um, I currently have six dogs. Uh, we've got, they're all sled dogs. They're a mixture of European sled dog, a Scandinavian hound, and some with a little bit of Greaser mix and some with Alaskan Husky mix. Um, you know, they're all really nice dogs, they all live in the house and they're all um, easy to adapt to um, each of the sport as well as be as normal a dog as these type of breeds are. You know, I can't take them for a walk around the street, for example, because they would pull my arm out my socket um, <laughs> and I can't let them off the lead near roads because they're very rangy. But mm -hmm. uh, other than that, you know, they're, they're a lot of fun um, and... Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, great dogs. Good, yeah. good to have around. Do you, at the moment, do you have um, obviously range of age? Just just for our listeners, you know, what's what's the yeah. youngest? What's the old, eldest at the moment? Uh, Stormy, my, my puppy. I got her um, from Norway. She will be coming up for two in March. She's mm -hmm. my youngest, and my oldest is Izzy. And it's funny to see Izzy be my oldest because Izzy um, has been my my race dog. That you know, she's been my my teammate for years. And she'll be coming up for 10 in a couple of months. So yeah. um, we, we lost a couple of oldies, not last year, but the year before. Mm -hmm. uh, we lost Izzy's mum and then a couple of years before that, Izzy's dad. And we lost Mac, who was um, an uncle. So the the, the much older ones uh, have passed on. And now Izzy, who I always deem as the youngest and the race dog, is now the oldest of the pack. She's nearly 10 years old. Uh, we have her two children, her two... Uh, puppies Bolt and Mo, and they are six coming on seven this summer. Mm. And then there is Hank and Loco, who is uh, who are direct nephews to Izzy, and they are five coming up for six yeah. at the end of the summer as well. Exciting! There's lots of lots of you know a good variety there. Fantastic. Yeah, um so let's you know let's jump straight in and talk shit about um you know Kenny you know if that's okay um super uh -huh. ex super excited um Kenny Cross um you know how did you get into the uh the sport and uh, you know I suppose 10 years ago 2011 um uh -huh. you know that's a fair while ago and most you know you know let me, so let me I, got, yeah. I got into the sport um before i had a friend who kept her horse at the same yard where i kept my horse yeah. and she um had came up with this what i can this bundle of absolute you know beauty and it was a, an alaskan malamute puppy and yeah. i had never heard of this breed. i had never seen one before i didn't know anyone that had them they were pretty unknown hmm. and all of this is all before the days of facebook Mm -hmm. um you know and i was re and i just fell in love with this dog uh, you know, and uh, when the more I, I learned about the breed the more i was like this is the breed for me i had a horse and i loved having an animal that required work and i loved having an animal that i could uh, the thought of having an animal that i could work with and do a sport with yeah. so this alaskan malamute became an obsession and my friend then had several of them so i would go and train them with her and i would you know, really get involved and I would do a lot of work and put them on the rig and would do, you know, typical kind of free, uh, training and go to some races and events and I got really heavily involved in the sport and then when the time was right, I got my own, I got my puppy, so that was Suko, the, who's the, the logo of Canny Fit mm -hmm. and who, if anyone follows me, you'll see a lot of Suko memories popping up, my Alaskan Malamute and he just changed my whole world, he changed my whole life, he taught me 
everything um, you know the um, everything that I needed to know to guide me on that sort of journey of fitness and teaching others and he did a lot of teaching as well so um yeah I had got into sort of sled dog sports first of all and then you know had Suko and thought um, and it wasn't until Suko was maybe about three years old I decided that I would canny cross with him and I tried really hard to find a running group or a walking group that would allow me to join with my dog and and I literally when I say I tried hard and if anyone knows me, you know, trying hard means trying hard. I'm pretty <laughs> determined. So I was, you know, on the phone and emailing and constantly just pestering people, asking, can I join? My dog's on a lead. He's used to running. He won't be, it won't interfere, et cetera, et cetera. And everybody said no. Mm-hmm. Nobody was interested. And I found that I was going to the gym, keeping myself fit, going out for a run and then trying to train my dog. And I'm like, this just is not going to work, you know, it needs to be combined together. So there was nobody out there to teach a canny cross. So yeah. with a bit of an internet search, you know, I Googled and I found a man called Colin Reed, who years later actually bought a puppy off me. Um, <laughs> he had an article in a newspaper that he had um, travelled abroad with his Border Terrier, Mitch, and he'd ran in canny cross with his Border Terrier. And his local vet um, had sponsored him and they put an advert in a newspaper and it came up on a, a, on a Google search. So I stopped down Colin Reed and got in contact with him and he was very generous. He gave up his time and agreed you know, to meet me and he introduced me to other people. And we all met up at Pollock Park one early Sunday morning and we went out you know, doing what we thought was a bit of canny crossing from there things just exploded in Scotland. It really was literally just that one sort of bit of connection, getting people together. And then it just, it was just like, you know, you know, it was like this meeting of the of tribes that were meant to meet. It was like a calling and <laughs> really, really just sparked off. And we, we all went off in different directions and, you know, grew different things and great things came from it. Um, and not necessarily all together, but from that one meeting, um, which is, is pretty special, I think. And uh, yeah, and from there, it just grew. And my passion for it got stronger and stronger that I just, you know, that I was spending all my free time training and teaching other people and collecting kit and encouraging people to come to groups that, you know, I wasn't really happy in, in my job. And I just, you know, it's, I was out on a run with a friend and said, I want, I want to, I want to start like a gym where I teach people how to get fit with their dog. Mm-hmm. I want to kill two birds with one stone, and I want, I don't want people to have the struggles that I did. I want people to be able to learn how to train the dog, learn how to do it properly, and learn how to get fit at the same time. And you know, and it's it's true what they say if you just sort of kind of manifest something and you talk about it and it grows, and it literally did mm-hmm. from that chat, and it didn't just happen like that it's taken me a long time mm-hmm. to get to where we are now with canny fit and it's been a lot of mistakes and a lot of redirection but that's mm-hmm. basically how it started yeah yeah fantastic um and that was you know i was going to lead into the ne- next question about how uh, you know uh, obviously then the business came about and things like that so yeah. you know you've uh, you've you've answered <laughs> that particular question as well so that's you know fantastic um and you know obviously that's led to um you know um was it uh, last year that um you brought the, released the book as well um what, no it wasn't uh, last no, year no 
2019. Yes. So yeah, I had the, the Canny Fit Guide to Canny Cross. So that came about with a uh, big support from a really good friend, um, Nicola Cameron, who really helped um, put that together. So I was doing a lot of um, writing blogs and, and, and writing a lot of information because yeah. there really isn't a lot of education out there. And there's obviously a lot more now. But at the time there wasn't, so I had a, I was writing a lot of info. I was doing a lot of editorial pieces. I was always getting asked to do blogs for other companies or for uh, newspapers and so on. So I had a lot of content. And then um, when I started developing online coaching, you know, I was writing even more content on how to train different aspects. And then with my developing my leader course again writing huge amount of content for the book that we give to the leaders and it was my friend Nicola um, you know who is really academic and you know she's a writer herself and she says you really need to bring out a book you have got all this information there and I just didn't really think that I did but you know it, it, when it came to editing the book we literally had to like take a percentage of what I had because we too much information in it you know yeah, yeah. and I was like oh wow there is like a, a lot here and you know eventually cut it down to something that was more manageable so the, the idea behind it really was just to be you know a straightforward guide so if somebody's new to the sport and whatever country they're in that they get a deeper understanding um, of what the sport is and not just a how-to because, and I had one negative complaint from somebody on Amazon and I thought, you bitch, but it, she's given me good content to talk about and she complained that there wasn't a training, a, a, like a training schedule in there for her. And I, and I thought, but, you know, maybe people want to see that, but I would be, I would be lying. I wouldn't be myself. I wouldn't be authentic if I said, go out and do this. Yep. And this is this is going to make you a better canny crosser. And that's not that wasn't my aim for the book. My aim was I wanted people to uh, delve deeper and understand how the big picture and the big wheel is what supports you and your dog's journey through the sport. And it's not just about how you fit a harness, how fast you run, and how often you run to get faster times. Mm -hmm. It's about developing a partnership and developing a workforce with your dog and being able to sustain it for a long time, not on the trail, but a long time through their life and making it as positive and rewarding experience for both. And that's, and I think if you understand all what may seem to some, the boring fundamentals, and then if you really understand why I've put that information there and you can piece that together and you really are going to do better, uh, you know, with your times. Because without that, you can only do so much. For sure. Look, and I obviously, you know, I do have a copy and I've seen a, um, you're going to send some copies over to New Zealand or something like that recently as well. They were trying to yes. get their ha hands on some copies or a few people. Yeah, um, I did. Lucy. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, and you're right, you know, even to the point that, you know, the first thing that sticks out to me um, that, you know, I read and so my previous dog who I've no longer with us was deaf and, um so Sunday was deaf and, uh, um, you know, one of the, the main points there is work, you know, you say about work with what you got, you know, don't, you know, don't, uh, don't rush out and uh, necessarily get a, a new dog, you know, have fun yes. and, and work, you know, work the relationship that you have with your dog, you know, that's one of the, the key points that, um, you know, obviously yes. I took away because I'm like, oh, is my, my dog's deaf? How do I do this? You know, th those questions popped up, you know, um, but I, I had, um, you know, trained it for years, but, uh, you know, that's sort of, you know, a couple of 
or the main one of the main things that obviously uh, stick stuck out to me that uh, you wrote in the book as well. You know, so you're right. It's about having fun, ha having a great time. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, you know, building on the what? foundations. Oh uh -huh, yeah, and mm. always coming back to why are we doing this? Mm -hmm. Why are we doing it? Yeah. Because why are you and the dog together doing it and not just, uh, you know, watch your 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 time go? And and we all get hung up on that. We all get hung up on aiming for a race and aiming for a time. And sometimes some of the important things, um, you know, get lost in that. And I think that lockdown has been an amazing thing for that. Been mm. able to bring a bit of realisation uh, back to people again that why they do what they do. Uh, there's no events, there, you know, there's no there's no races. Um, and sometimes it's good just to remember, you know, you know, what what am I in this sport for? And it, it is truly for the love of running with my dog and seeking adventure. Mm -hmm. And I sort of took took away all the, the stuff that I felt I had to do lots of, but I didn't actually enjoy and did more of the things that that I enjoyed um uh, during lockdown. And that's really been a good um sort of break from the the hard chasing races and pbs yeah 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 for sure um so i was going to um you know uh just say so obviously you know the book came about it's going around the world now you know which is which is awesome um you know yep. with with lockdown um you know i suppose it's been a little bit of a transition um and you, i know you've been uh, training people online now as well so how's that been going yeah, that's been, been really good. Uh, the online uh, coaching is getting busier and busier. Yep. Um, people are really enjoying that. I've got um, you know, people coming on for the first time who have perhaps canny cross before or they're just new to canny cross, but they really need to sort of go back to the basics and install some structure into their their training. And then some people just sort of coming on for health and fitness and yep. you know, sort of kind of personal training type um, uh, coaching, but adding a little bit of canny cross in with it and I think yeah no it's going it's going great we've got the online classes as well so we had uh, we had an idea before lockdown that we we're going to build an academy where you know I had this idea I was going to build a, a training academy online and it, I just kept stalling with it I had the idea for a few years and we'd been out doing a lot of filming um you know putting things together but didn't do anything with it and then we heard about the lockdown and we were like shit right what are we going to do we can't run classes so Myself and Finn, um, who works with me, we literally took that content that we'd uh, videoed. I sat and wrote training plans for hours on end for the first couple of weeks of uh, lockdown. And we, we, we developed into, into structure classes and used the, the content of the filming that we had. Mm -hmm. And then obviously as restrictions, restrictions ease, we were able to film some more things. So it was great that it made us, we had to pivot. We had no choice but to pivot. Yep. Um, you know, and you know, and I wanted to keep people going. I want to keep people interested and and motivated. I don't want people to to give up on it and feel that they they can only do the sport with a group. I want people to feel independent in their own canny cross journey. I don't feel that they're so reliant on a group or a class or a race. I want them to get what I got out of it. You know, right at the start with Suko mm -hmm. or what I got out with one and one dog. Um, I want people um, to get that. So. The online classes have been harder because it really, they really, it's a lot of people who've done the classes, signed up for the online classes, mm -hmm. and they do miss the buzz in the group and their dog following someone. Yep. And it does require them to be a lot more self disciplined 
and self-motivated and go out. And I did a, a live Q&A chat yesterday with the group and I said, I just want you just to dedicate just one hour a week and just do one class. And if your dog isn't running amazing like they used to, but so long as they're happy and they're running out in front mm -hmm. and then just do it and just commit for four weeks and see how you go on. And, you know, people are, are picking it up again, which is great. Um, I think sometimes with the coaching, people feel because they've got a full package there or they've paid more money that they go out and do it. But yep. uh, the online classes are amazing. Like it's real great content that's there <laughs> and it gets great variety. So I'm hoping that that spreads out um, to other countries and people can get a feel for what we do yep. over here in the UK. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, let's just, um, you know, we'll, we'll dial it back for, so maybe someone that's listening to, uh, you know, my podcast, they've come across Dogs and Deadlifts for the very first time. They go, ah, you know, I'm thinking about Candy Cross. As you mentioned, there's not a huge amount of content uh, out there. They're, you know, starting to be some written, but, uh, you know, they're thinking, all right, I want to, you know, I want to give this this uh, Candy Cross a go, right? So obviously, um, you know, you've got some online classes and online coaching, but what would you say, you know, where do they start? What's it, you know, how many people do you see, uh, you know, rush out and, and, and buy a kid or the, you know, potentially uh, items that are, you know, maybe, you know, could have, the finances could have been directed better, you know, um, you know, in, in your opinion, what would be the a good start? A good start. So ideally, I would say um, before the rush out and buy kit is to just sit down, just watch some YouTube videos um, look at some pictures and uh First of all, get an, an idea of their dog. So if they've got, for talking sake, say a Labrador or a, a Vizsla or a Terrier, try and look for dogs that are similar to their dog's size, their the dog's breed, and what sort of, you know, like kit that they're wearing. But also um, get to know how your dog runs. So if you think your dog is going to gallop, or if you think they're going to likely, likely to just trot out in front, or do you think they're going to weave, they're going to have less focus, all, you know, gather all that information. And if you've got as much information as possible and then speak to a retailer, say, you know, this is the stuff that I've been looking at. I quite like the look of this, but this is how I think my dog is likely to run. What's going to be the best way, uh, you know, um, to get kit? And I think do a wee bit of research first before you go out and get the kit. If you're able to join a group or a class in your local area, then go for it, do that and borrow stuff. That's definitely the best way before buying kit. But I think things like understanding, having a, a, a respect and an understanding of the background of the sport and appreciating that it isn't just running with your dog with expensive fancy kit. Mm -hmm. It's not canny or style which I hear a lot of Americans now saying, they say, oh, I went out canny cross style. And really all they're doing is road running their dog with a harness on. And that's not what canny cross is. And, you know, for people like me, you know, would be seething like it's boiling our blood. It's like, no, it's a sport in its own right. And you need to respect that. And you have to understand why the crazy women in Scotland will be seething. You have to understand, um, you know, what, why is that annoying her? And it's annoying me because... There's things that you've got to do to um, to make it positive and to make it safe for your dog. Um, you shouldn't be encouraging your dog, you know, to be pulling in a sled dog type harness to go out and run them on tarmac for seven miles. And you also shouldn't be training or running them like you would if you're training for your half marathon because it's not the same. Mm -hmm. uh, and Canicross is not just running with your dog with, with kit on. It's very different. 
Um, and I think if you can get a, an understanding and a respect for that, and then you open your mind up as to why things are done a certain way. Yeah, awesome. And, and you know, there's uh, many, many heated, uh, heated, I suppose, debates, you know, and, you know, people trying to educate others around that, you know, so uh, I see on good, good old social media, you know, um, you know, and uh, hence why we're, you know, we're, we're here today and we're having a good chat about, um, yeah. you know, uh, you know, trying to help people get a little bit more educated. Um, yeah, uh -huh. And, and I suppose the other thing is, obviously, you mentioned about, um, you know, trying to, uh, uh, you know, just have a look at the harnesses and get, you know, get something that's going to be suited to you, you know, I think I see maybe at, at least 50 posts a day on the groups that I'm in about, uh, you know, does this harness fit? Does this, is this too big? Uh -huh. Is this too small? You know, so, you know, you, you see that quite a lot. So if you spend the time and uh, like I said, do the, do a bit of research on um, and then speak to your retailers and not, you know, in these times, I, you know, not everyone can have a face-to-face -face fitting, you know? Um, so. I think what I would like to, uh, to add to that is that, you're right, there's a constant posts on groups asking uh, about harness fit. And now as much as harness fit is important, mm -hmm. um, if a dog's, oh, you've, got to, uh, you've got to appreciate as well that people are now canny crossing with dogs of all shapes and sizes and all wonderful mixed breeds. Mm -hmm. And they're buying an off the peg harness and expecting a fit like a custom fit, mm -hmm. which you know we're seeing a lot of like staffy or bull type cross dogs. Mm -hmm that are not designed for sled dog sports and sled dog harnesses are not are not designed around this shape of dog and often the harnesses just don't fit the dog right unless it's custom made mm -hmm. and, and you know and everyone has got you know a bit of an opinion on it but it's going to be really difficult to get a custom fit a perfect fit harness on a dog that isn't you know a supermodel sled dog type body because these harnesses are not designed that's what they're designed for are dogs that are that are long back, that are lean and tall, that are hound, you know, hound shape or husky shaped. And mm -hmm. um, when you've got these all different shapes, then it is it can be more difficult to fit. However, you'll get your Susans and Helens and Tims and people that are getting pedantic over the fit of a harness, but very few of them are actually worried about the, the surface type that they're running their dogs on. Yep. or the, the distance that they're running their dog or the actual yeah. uh, routine, the warm-up, yep. you know, are, are, are their dogs hydrated? Mm. Are, are they fed too close to the run? Are they giving them um, adequate breaks to, that they need mentally within mm. the run? Mm. Um, are they making it exciting? Are they clear enough in their training commands are make sure that they're not confusing their dog are they making sure it's a positive experience when they're putting their legs in and out of their harness that they're not pulling you know their leg that they're joint away from the body that there's very few people asking about that mm -hmm. or concerned about that and there's more people that will go on and on and on about a harness and sometimes i want to say helen that harness is a tiny bit big but do you know what just go out and get your training nailed. Mm -hmm. You know, sport. There's bigger things to worry about yeah. than if this harness can be, a, you know, could be adjusted ever so slightly. I think if these people looked outside that box and spent more time focusing on uh, other things and putting it all together, rather than you know, they always want to blame the retailer. Oh, that was the one that was advised, or 
that's what the measurements fit, you know, and it's like, come on, mm-hmm. we've got this dog that's got five breeds in it that was never any heritage of a sled dog. You're doing a sled dog sport and you've bought an off the peg harness. What do you expect? <laughs> Uh, yeah, look, look, I 100% agree. And, um, you know, let, you know what you just mentioned, I'm going to go off slightly on the side, off the side a little bit, but I had a, a gentleman contact me a couple of days ago, um, wanting a uh, conditioning program for his dog. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure if you've seen him, but uh, there's a, uh, there's a company in the US that does weighted vests. And, um, you know, this, this, this gentleman um, has this weighted vest. And uh, I think he said there was like, he was putting six to eight kilos on this uh, 40 kilo pointer and, and doing hill sprints, you know? Uh, Yeah, that's right. So I was like, holy smokes, mate, you know, Um, what sort of base have you done? What sort of warm up have you done? Like there's so many other. Yeah. I know, right? I, I know. Um, but he just didn't know, right? So I'm happy to, I was happy to help him, but he just didn't know because the particular vest was, uh, you know, marketed as a, you know, put weight in high intensity type vest. Um, you know, that's, that's the stuff that's out there, you know, um, you know, the, the issue obviously they have there is exactly the same as, you know, Helen running on the road, ligaments, joints, tendons, you know, are they up to it? You know, are we doing a sufficient warm up? There's so many other contributing factors. <clears throat> Uh, to it you know but if you don't know you don't know right so yeah yeah, so you know spend the time listen to some podcasts you know have a have a you know get online but I suppose in the you've probably noticed this as well over the years the evolution of Facebook and Facebook groups and social media about doing this doing that you know um, shit it can be confusing as can't it be very toxic so I think if you were to ask what the advice starting out is don't bloody go on certain Facebook groups because it can it, it, it would just it would put somebody off straight away because they end up just being a war a war of people wanting to yeah. um you know promote their friend's company or put down another company and it's just I think I think you need to go out and do independent research out with the social media and just look to see what comes up on mm. a Google search and that that is why you know I'm like blatantly promoting my book but that is why yeah. I wrote guides because the guides there isn't just how you how you become a fast canny crosser it, it's that whole package that I feel that that's what newcomers need to, that, that's that's all in a book that's all the things that you need to know but you need to read it and you need mm. to appreciate it. Yeah. not just by the book for sure no that's exactly right and look no dramas at all we don't mind a bit of uh you know self-promotion on the, on the odd occasion you know <laughs> um all good um and like i said well you know i owned your book so i i definitely understand um and have read it a number of times and used it for reference points you know so all good so um i suppose you know let's you know have a quick chat about um you know I suppose the evolution of candy, you know, like, uh, I also I seen, I seen you on the bike a little bit now, you know, so let's, uh, you know, let's talk, talk about, uh, you know, I suppose, first of all, where it was, like you said, you work your ass off over 10, to, you know, 10 years to get, you know, to where it is today. And, and like well, you said, um, you know, people that, Fucking do your head in and make you seething you know saying it's only running with a dog I think there was a comment just like the other day you uh you know you had a couple of things to say about uh to that you know but um it's more than that we we know it's more than that and we want people to understand that it's more than that um and you do this for for a living you know so um I suppose let's have a chat about where it was where it is today and you know obviously lockdown but you know 
where it's or the business. Yeah. Uh, so first, let's let's talk about the sport, you know, and um, you know, let, most, more so the sport, if that's okay. Um, where it was. So, so the sport is, um, I mean, is is growing huge in the UK. I mean, it's always been, you know, ticking away nicely. Certainly, a lot busier in England than what it was in Scotland. But Scotland, you know, is you know is really booming with the sport. I really think there is almost no town uncovered that's not got. Sort of, sort of canny cross group group club or class going on now mm-hmm. um, in the whole of the UK. I would say on the whole, canny cross on its own is is really flourishing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really welcoming a lot of, of new people to the sport. Um, there are lots of other um, you know it's going off in lots of other sort of umbrella uh, directions if you like. There's mm-hmm. um, like people setting up other types of companies you know, virtual events and, you know, other sort of kind of dog fitness type companies that add in other dog training aspects and yeah, yeah. down south more so than in Scotland. So in England have a lot of great, more the sort of real south of England have a lot of great trail running mm-hmm. companies that um, welcome canny crossers to join yeah. them, which is really fantastic and very inclusive. Um, and there is, a, there is a lot of canny cross events. Scotland doesn't have... A lot of canny cross events it could have more mm-hmm. um i had myself running um, a lot of events and another company canny cross scotland who put on a lot of events but other than um myself and karen who does canny sports scotland there isn't anyone really doing regular canny cross events mm-hmm. there has been the odd sort of club run but there could be doing with a company uh, it, it certainly got the volume of people that would take part Mm-hmm. Sled dog sports in the UK mm-hmm. is definitely going downhill. Mm-hmm. Um, at, at one point, you know, if you're talking ten years ago, sled dog sports in Scotland was huge, was really big. Um, um, you know, they were really top of the game. It was, it, you know, they were doing well, and it was getting bigger and bigger, and it was getting bigger down south with open teams, um, not just registered teams, mm-hmm. um, but the what they call the mono sports, your canny cross and bike and. Scooter classes uh, slowly but surely have, have taken over, but the sled dog federations just haven't been able to come together and it's been nothing but a shit show. I have to say it's been really disappointing. Um, I don't know what's wrong there, but um, we don't seem to, our country doesn't seem to be able to, it's a wee bit like our government, we don't seem to be able <laughs> To run our country properly and it's the same with the sled dog federation that no matter who's in charge who doesn't seem to be able to uh, um, to run the federation well but uh, the sport itself canny cross is is fantastic it's huge and like i said very welcoming and really flourishing in all sort of directions and we're seeing real top athletes you know we've got world-class athletes and not just a few we've got a lot of real good top quality um, athletes who take part in world and European championships and some who don't as well, which is, is nice, you know, that you could, that we've got really great athletes all over the UK, but we've got a whole mix of, uh, you know, of runners that it isn't just elite, you know, we've got, you know, a, a good few children and people who, who wouldn't run the length of themselves if it, if it wasn't for their dog or their sport. So, um, yeah, no, I can't, um, See anything negative about the sport in the UK? It really is um, doing great, and it's a great place to to be in. Yeah. 
Yeah, and we were, you know, just before we start, I hit the good old record button. We were discussing, um, you know, the, you know, a bit of uh, ratio male to females and stuff like that, you know, and yeah. uh, um, you, you're mentioning that uh, in the, even in the UK, the female presence is a bit, you know, a bit, quite a bit larger than, um, you know, the male presence at the moment. Yes, yes, and I would say that's the same all over Europe. If we go to the, the sort of European or the World Championships, the female classes um, are a lot more dominant. But also, which is amazing, they're not just dominant in numbers. Some of the female classes and in the UK as well, their times are dominant over the men. On average, the, the female athletes are, you know, in the bike and in scooter and in canicross, you know, are real, like, are fierce, are real you know are, are are doing fantastic so that yeah. that's and i think the woman who won the bike your world championships correct me if i'm wrong she was either um swedish or norwegian i think she's norwegian and she beat the men's time um in the, in the world championships her bike your and that's unheard of and that's you know that's like that's amazing because the men in bike your are phenomenal athletes as well yeah. so um yeah. Yeah, so we, we see about 70% entries are female and then it's about a high 20% mm -hmm. as, as male. Um, and I, I don't think that's going to change. I think that's that's yeah. going to stay the way that it is. I don't think that will change much. Yeah. I don't think it's a bad or a good thing. It just mm -hmm. it is what it is. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right, you know, and uh, any participation, active, fit, you know, getting out there with your dog is all good, you know, but it was just something that yeah. uh, obviously me being male and we'll, we were having a, you know, a bit of a chat about that earlier. So uh -huh. just, it's just an interesting statistic that, um, you know, I thought I'd, uh, you know, throw it out there. What, yeah. what, um, what advice would you give for someone that says, look, I, my dog's fit and active, but I'm not a runner. You know, I, I hear that run, right? Um, often. Yes. And, um, you know, um, I'm interested in a scooter or a bike or something like that, you know. However, you know, um, let's, you know, what would what advice would you give if someone said that to you? <laughs> so we get that quite a lot. I'm not a runner, but I'm really interested. So my first question would be, um, is your dog harness trained? And mm -hmm. have you trained them? And if they say no, and then I would say, well, then my advice would be is to kind of hike them, is just to hike them in harness and get the get the connection between you and the dog, taking the, the third party, being the wheel, the scooter or the bike away mm -hmm. and make sure you, your dog is trained in direction commands, that they know how to stop by a vocal command and they know how to ignore things, uh, you know, and they're comfortable pulling in a harness and they're mm -hmm. comfortable working out in front. Because if a dog doesn't know that and somebody then puts a bike in between you and the dog, you're asking for trouble. You're asking for the dog to, to be scared, to get confused, lines to get tangled. And, you know, next, you know, you're off the bike, the bikes hit the dog, your dog's got the biggest fright and they won't run in front of a bike ever again. So there's a lot of conditioning that you need to do before introducing a dog to wheels. And that's why we don't do like beginner bike jaw type thing because we all want people to be established and either canny cross or canny hiking first. Mm -hmm. And any musher would do that. You know, they would they would just put their, their dogs as puppies on a belt and walk them and let them get used to pulling in harness before attaching them, you know, in, uh, in front of any wheels. Yeah, yeah, no, awesome. Um, so... I was going to say is uh, if you had, you know, I think um, we talked about Kit just briefly and we, you know, I do want to ask you actually, that just popped into my head. I see yeah. that you're running with the, um, the iDog um, belt. Yeah. Uh -huh. uh, <laughs> uh, what's your, what's your opinion on that one? I, so we are, I really like 
really liked it. Um, I have to say my favourite belt is mm-hmm. the Kissing. It's a UK brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really overlooked. People seem to think it's a beginner belt, and it's the belt that mm-hmm. it just suits me. But the iDog belt, I've really enjoyed using it. Mm-hmm. The first few weeks, I didn't enjoy it. It was quite rigid. The straps were, were stiff, So it, but I was aware... That, it, that this was just like a breaking in problem that mm-hmm. I had to like let, let it mold and once it did mold yep. and you have to have it very tight it, it's great it's there's no pressure on the back whatsoever mm-hmm. so I think you know if you have back problems and then it's fantastic the only downside that I would say is that I don't think there any of these big brands have taken into a consideration a woman's shape with canny cross mm-hmm. i feel like a lot of them are based on men's shape so mm-hmm. i feel if you are i mean i my I, if you've got muscular legs uh, you know glutes or thighs mm-hmm. it's hard to get a canny cross belt not to ride up or to you know or to crush the hip bone or crush your hips in so that's the um that's the, the one thing i would say but I, I really like it it's it would be my second favorite belt uh, my kissy belt is my favorite and the eye dog would be my second choice that's interesting like we obviously here in australia um we're a little bit um light on you know we've got uh you know um you know we've got um you know non-stop zero you know zero dc um Man, yeah, Matt, you know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, buddy, how are you going? Hey, right. hey, how are you? You take phone and you can go out where you go, bribery. This is how you get your kids to be quiet. Oh, good. <laughs> no, no, all good. Um, you know, we, we're a little bit, you know, uh, I suppose we don't have the choice that you guys have, of course, you know, so uh, uh, um, even I did. Um, just, just Lamont, Auntie Lamont will send you some stuff over from France. I don't mm. think, I think we'd love to. I've uh, touched. Auntie, yeah. Uh, yeah. who designed the belt is, is fantastic. I absolutely, um, uh, I, I love Anthony. I love, I love the way that he trains um, and the way that he is with his dogs. And I just know that he, the, the type of person he is, he'll have put his, heart and soul into these designs and it is very yeah. good that I mean, the, anything that's french made is always superior quality <laughs> you know it's you know and there's ju- just the the finishings on the belt are fantastic with the zip uh, and whatnot but uh, my advice to anybody that gets it would be give it a good few weeks it, mm. it just needs time to soften into your shape mm-hmm. uh, and when it does then then you will love it and that's another reason why i would say don't share kit yep because yeah, you yeah. want it more to your shape yeah no awesome so um you know i suppose you know i won't hold you up much longer but if you had uh you know to give someone three top tips you know to get uh you know to get on their uh, candy cross journey you know or even they've been playing around for a little while but just haven't quite got it yet um what would what would you give it right okay my top three tips my my first tip would be is to do independent research and not on the facebook groups is to mm-hmm look on google and to see what sort of quality content is out there and make sure that whoever is writing it has experience has hands-on experience um you know and have a look at a look at your podcasts and Mm. uh, videos and books and blogs that sort of thing my second uh, um, bit of advice would be um to is is to make sure that you get your your trail environment and your trail surface correct for your dog Mm -hmm. so it's got to be a stimulating environment and not just the local park 
Mm-hmm. It's an open space, you know, on a wide open track. Go somewhere a little bit off track, somewhere a little bit more exciting, maybe somewhere a little bit more remote. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know, make it more exclusive for your dog. Yep. Um, so it is more exhilarating. And my third bit of advice would be just do it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just, just do it. Yeah. Stop thinking about it. Or what, how we say in Scotland, just do it. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. So if, if someone wanted to uh, to reach out, uh, potentially get a copy of your book, um, you know, where would they uh, where would they find you? So if you want the book in Australia, you can, am I right in saying you got it on Amazon? Yes. Yes. So um, you, mm-hmm. uh, I can't obviously ship to Australia, but you can get mm-hmm. the book on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody in the UK can get the book off of uh, the website. If you find us on canny-fit.com, uh, we're on Facebook is under Canny Fit and Instagram. I would love more Instagram followers. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's Canny Fit One um, mm-hmm. on on Instagram. Um, you know you can be bored with my stories um, and and all the posts. And if you want to chat to me and ask me any advice, um, you're best getting me on Instagram if you want to chat to me rather than the Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Um, that or the business page, and then I'm more than happy to um, chat about Canny Cross. Fantastic. Awesome. So uh, I'll be definitely tagging you once I, uh, I post up. Uh, I'll tag you on Insta uh, once I post this uh, podcast. But uh, Lindsay, thank you very much for uh, taking the time um, and joining us here. And hopefully this uh, has given um, people a, a good insight of yourself, but also uh, Candy Cross as well. Um, it's been really uh, an honour to have you here. Thank you. No, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. No, not a problem at all. So if you've liked what you heard today, guys, uh, please like, share and subscribe to the channel. Uh, Dogs and Deadloose podcast coming at you. Thank you.